You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with David Hobbs Honda. Make sure you get out to Great Lakes Dragway this weekend for all the things that are going on there at Great Lakes Dragway, including the Nitra Street Brawl number two. Should be a lot of fun out there. So Nitra Street Brawl, Street Brawl number two at Great Lakes Dragway. All the, the real fun stuff starts at 5 o'clock, so you got lots of time to get out to Great Lakes Dragway and uh, check that out. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Lawson Aschenbacher. Aschenbach. I knew I was going to say that. I did that the last time you were on. It, it's too much like Lothar, so I'm sorry about that. Lawson Aschenbach, no Pirelli World Challenge driver, driving for Black Dog Motorsports, uh, just uh, almost a stone's throw away down here, uh, just over the border in Chicago. Thanks for joining us on the Final Inspection Show. Hey, well, thanks for having me on, and uh, no worries about the name. It's it's kind of a normal occurrence these days. So, well, you know, I'm, it, I'm used to it at this point. You know, and and somebody who has a Z starting off their, you know, there's just some people that just freak out when they when they see a Z uh, in, right. in a name, and and just uh, it's and, and as a German, I I, 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 I totally apologize about that because the funny <laughs> thing is, yeah, I remember we we had John when we were up at Road America a year or two ago, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> Did the same thing there, and I looked at Tom. I'm like, oh, your PR guy. I'm like, oh, no, jeez. Well, you know what? I'll tell you a quick funny story. Uh, Lee Diffie was uh, on air, you know, on the actually on the live. I think it's live TV broadcast a couple of years ago, and 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 instead of calling me Lawson or Lawson Ashenback, he called me Lawsonback. <laughs> so he kind of combined the two together. So I guess that kind of works too. <laughs> so uh, driving for Black Dog Motorsports with Tony Gaples team. Uh, that's a lot of it. I, you know, I've always loved this series because you always hear people saying, you know, the, you, you, you need a race series in which the, the, the cars look like the cars you drive. Well, th- that's the Pirelli world challenge, isn't it? Absolutely. And you know, I've, I've said this for a number of years that sports car racing in general, I think is the purest form of motorsport because we're racing the cars that you can buy on the street. And it really drives home that point of, win on Sunday, buy on Monday, and that's pretty much any manufacturer's dream. Not to mention the fact that, you know, all of these manufacturers are racing against the competition. I mean, we have a Chevrolet Camaro, but we're competing against Porsches, you know, Aston Martins, um, Ford, uh, Mercedes, you know, you name it, Audi. I mean, you name it, everybody's out there. And this GT4 class has become so important in the world of sports car racing. I think it's a great time for everybody to be a part of it. I think, uh, you know, the World Challenge Series is definitely embodying it, and they're really embracing this class. 
which I think has done wonders for the series, but also for exposure. And uh, we're going to have a great battle up there at Road America next week. And I thought this was kind of neat because with with the Camaro that, that you guys racing at, and you're a, one of the lead driver engineers with GM and Chevrolet. Tell us how the evolution of that car, how much different is that is the car now than it was maybe a year or two ago? Well, it's, it's definitely a different car. I mean, the, the GT4 class embodies, embodies kind of a, a really specific rule set that the SRO, um, you know, I guess holds. And I think it's a great it's a great avenue to build cars um, or turn cars into race cars kind of around that type of rule set because you've got cars that, one, are cost-effective, two, they're very raceable, they're very reliable. There's not much you can do to them uh, on a week-to-week basis. So you can't really go out and spend a ton of money developing anything because everything is so spec, everything is so set. And that's what we need in racing right now. We need to keep the cost down. We need to get big fields, and, and as you can see, the GT4 class has done, done, basically done that. Now, the differences of this car compared to the old, old GTS car when we ran the Z28 and the SS before that is that, one, this car's got a full X-Track gearbox in it, so we've got paddle shifts, auto blips, um, you know, for downshifts, uh, engine cuts, obviously, for upshifts. Uh, we've got ABS, which is similar to the old car, but we also have now added traction control. And we can do a little bit on the aero side, um, but it's fairly similar to that, to, to the past, uh, where we really couldn't do too much to really make these cars aero-dependent. So it's more about making them stable, making them really comfortable to drive, um, and, and making sure, and this is really the important part about GT4 cars, is it's not just about the pros racing. we got to make these cars that are, that are safe, that are stable, that are comfortable to drive for the AMs as well, because we've got a lot of AM drivers, um, you know, getting these, these hot rods. So, mm-hmm. um, I love this Camaro. It's got good torque. It's got good power. It's really good in high speed cornering. And so I'm, I'm very optimistic that, uh, we're, we're going to be good up at uh, road America. And of course, Andy Pilgrim is your co-driver and he, he's got a lot of experience with, with, with the, is it almost an unfair advantage having you two together? <laughs> I'd like to think that, although a lot of people don't like that. So, <laughs> now you know, having Andy around. No, well, actually, I should say that Road America is a sprint weekend, so it'll just be me. Okay. Um, driving th- that weekend. However, um, you know, kind of getting back to Andy. I mean, Andy's been been great for our program. You know, Andy and I drove together back in Team Cadillac. I think in 2007, we had a great year to go out. Year that year, I learned so much from him and Ron Fellows, and it's kind of cool to have it come full circle and. Now we're back, you know, in a General Motors car, racing together in the same car this time. And I think the great thing about Andy is he's smart, he's consistent, he really knows how to race, you know, his portions of the races, whether if he's starting, he's going to give that car over to me in a good position. You know, it hasn't been torn up. Um, you know, the brakes are still still good. You know, the car still feels good. The tires are still good. Um, but then, you know, when he's finishing races on the second races of each weekend, you know, he, he gets up on the wheel. He's passing people. We've had good, a bunch of great finishes um, on, on race two during Sprint X weekend. So I love having him around. I think it's, it's a breath of fresh air for everybody because I can really bounce things off him from a setup perspective. And, uh, and, all, and you know, just kind of – he's just an all-around great guy to have, and he's, he's, he's pretty funny and witty too, so that's always nice to have around too. <laughs> of course, you're, you're a graduate from uh, Vanderbilt University – and you're you're going up into Packer country, so I just want to you know warn you. I don't know how much you follow Vanderbilt sports, but uh, of course the Packers traded up to take a Vanderbilt uh, linebacker 
uh, Oren Burks in, in the third round. So uh, are you okay. are, are you familiar with uh, Oren Burks and the football program at Vandy? I, I have to admit I'm not, but, um, you know, I've watched a lot of Vanderbilt players come through. You know, I was shoot, I, I was there from 2002 to 2006. Those were Jay Cutler era, era um, I guess, games. And, and, and I really love that university. I, I have fond memories of it. It was, a, it was a great experience. I learned a lot. And, you know, I've carried a lot of that education over into racing. Uh, but, you know, I, I personally, I'm a big NFL fan. I, I've always enjoyed watching the games. I'm, I'm involved in fantasy leagues. Okay. Um, but I will say that, that I'm a Redskins fan. Okay, so, that's fine. <laughs> born and raised. Uh, but, you know, I love coming up to Packer country. You know, I, I love watching Aaron Rodgers throw the ball around. And, uh, you know, Green Bay's got one heck of a team. So, um, you know, very excited for that young man to, to be able to make his way up to the Packers and looking forward to seeing him, uh, you know, kind of wave that Vanderbilt flag throughout his career. And uh, Black Dog Speed Shop, that's a that's a neat operation, and it seems like every, about every two years they're, they're moving because I guess they just moved again. I've seen their, their first couple shops. Uh, how is working with uh, Tony and that team? Oh, it's great. I mean, I, I've basically been working with them, shoot, for six or seven years now. And other than one year, I, I couldn't make all the races, so Michael Cooper stepped in and did a fantastic job. But, you know, Ray Sorensen, Tony Gables, I mean, they've got a first-class organization. Uh, I'm really excited about their move, and, and I, I really should should state that a lot of people should come down and go check out that new shop whenever they have the grand opening. Um, it's a massive facility. I mean, it's a beautiful place. You know, they're really trying to expand the whole streetcar side of their business. Um, you know, they've been very successful in the past, but I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing them grow that side. Um, and get more more in depth in the whole performance side of cars because it's still an important piece of every of the I guess you could say the car culture, and um, and again that facility is just I mean it's it's just unbelievable. So uh, you know really excited for them, really happy to be continuing my relationship with them year after year, and um, you know looking forward. And I should say I think Tony's going to have a great run at Road America as well. He's he's really stepped his game up this year. You know from a driver's perspective, I think he's been working out a lot. Um, you know, trying to get better. And, and as a, you know, as his teammate, that's, you know, you can only ask for that because, you know, it's nice to be able to have him around where he's really fighting for good finishes. You know, we can, again, almost bounce other ideas and, and set up work off him as well. So uh, I'm excited to see his progression and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to see him, uh, you know, hopefully get on the, get another podium at Road America. Talking with Pirelli World Challenge driver Lawson Aschenbach will be up at Road America June 22nd through the 24th. Make sure you check out that for the Kohler Grand Prix. Lawson, we certainly appreciate you taking time out. And uh, are you a brat or a burger guy? Oh, that's a good question. Um, honestly, I really do enjoy brat. So I, okay. I'm uh, I'm always excited to come up there. You know, Road America is a great event. We've got great fans, especially during IndyCar weekend. I'm glad they brought that whole event back and Kohler supporting everything. Um, I think it's just done wonders for that track. So um, I can't wait to get some, you know, get some brats and, uh, you know, enjoy myself a little bit. All right. Well, thanks for joining the show. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll take, we'll be cheering you on ne- uh, next week up at Road America. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. All take right. Care. Thanks, Austin. Lawson Aschenbacher. There I did it again. Can you believe that? Lawson Aschenbach, driver of the Black Dog Camaro in the Pirelli World Challenge. And when we when – we, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking to Aaron Tealitz, who I didn't call Aaron Tealitzer, uh, an Indy Lights driver well, we'll driving see about for that, local local team, another local team, 
Velarde Racing. So we'll be listening more in the final inspection show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Yeah, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. It's been a fun-filled show today. We're just rattling them on left and right, aren't we, Mitch? Chugging and plugging. <laughs> Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is from Bellardi Racing and the Indy Light Series. Aaron Tielitz, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. So, boy, it's been a fun season, hasn't it been for you? <laughs> I don't know if fun has been quite the right word. It's been it's been wild. That's yeah. Sure. Lots of uh, lots of downs and a few ups. Yeah, it certainly has. I mean, St. Pete must uh, have been very very frustrating for you, and uh, it, it's. I mean, walk us through what what happened at St. Pete because uh, it's. I mean, going through the Mazda Road to Indy series, I, I don't want to say you're blessed, but I mean, you've been. I mean, you've been at the front all the time, and then St. Pete this year was just must have been very frustrating. Yeah, it was it was frustrating. Uh, we were really really fast. Our uh, Blardy Auto Racing car was hooked up at St. Pete, and I had uh, just qualified on pole for race one, set a new track record at St. Pete and in Indy Lights, and then uh, we went out for qualifying two, and I was on pace to be on pole again with a, another new track record. And things ended up uh, going wrong really quick at the high-speed turn three there at St. Pete. Um, got the entry a little bit wrong over the crest of the road. Um, tagged inside wall, which broke my right front toe link, uh, which basically lost my steering and then went smashing into the outside concrete wall at like 135 miles an hour. So then they they get you in another car, and then later in the weekend, what happened? Yeah, so uh, I missed race one because uh, my car was completely destroyed, totaled. There was nothing to, to save on it. It was such a huge crash. Um, but they end up finding another Indy Lights car to use. Carlin Racing is based in Florida. So John Bruner drove all the way down to um, near Miami to pick up a car for me, drive it all the way back up. My guys pulled an all-nighter getting my car ready to go. Uh, I still got to start third place for race two, even with my best laps getting taken away. And uh, in the second corner, I get tagged by another driver and end up uh, crashing out again. So two races, zero results. That's how I started my season. That's very, very frustrating. And, you know, we were, Mitch and I were talking earlier before about how frustrating it is for young drivers where, you know, back in the old days, they'd say, hey, we're going to hire Aaron Tielitz. He's our driver. Boom. And things are done. But nowadays, things are so much uh, based on what, what a driver can do financially for the team because things are so tight. And, and for you, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a frustrating situation because there's bills need, that need to be paid. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, we can, we can sit here and complain about how racing is all we want, but no one's going to fix it in the next few years. So this is just how it is, and I understand that. Uh, and I am crazy lucky enough to have really good supporters um, that do help to fund my racing, Rice Lake Wang Systems, Morris Automotive Group, uh, a few other personal backers that, that help me out uh, throughout the years. And, and then I've been fortunate enough to drive for teams 
like uh, Brian Bellardi's team, where um, you know, to be honest with you, if I if I was to if I were to try to drive for any other Indy Lights team this year with the budget that I had, they all would have laughed at me. There, it wouldn't have been nearly enough to do it. So I'm only in Indy Lights as well this year because Brian is uh, an awesome enough team owner to have uh, talent in his cars like Santi and I instead of just finding people with a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's also kind of brought another hobby that's been kind of helpful. Uh, How is the painting coming? The painting's coming along great. Um, I've been doing lots of paintings, had lots of requests, um, so many requests. I haven't quite gotten to all of them. I was supposed to have a, a few paintings done for, for Road America, and I haven't quite gotten everybody's done yet. So I'm going to be trying to uh, pump a couple more out here early this next week uh, before I head down there. And for those wondering, uh, to help uh, supplement his uh, racing income, uh, Aaron's taking up painting. And I must say, it's it, it, it pretty, pretty decent painter, sir. Yeah, I uh, I didn't know if I would be any good at it at all. I used to kind of enjoy art classes when I was in middle school and high school, uh, but I never did anything with it. And then um, I've been watching Bob Ross in the last few years, just kind of as a relaxing nap time tool. And uh, he always says, like, I invite you to drag out your oil paintings and paints along with us. You guys can do this too. And so I just thought it'd be funny to give it a try. And there's a Bob Ross paint kit, so you can get all the stuff that he uses and uh, literally just paints along with them. And I remember doing the first tutorial painting and, and looking back at it after I was done and going, oh, that, that looks like what I was trying to do. And so then I just kept practicing and getting better from there. And, and some of my paintings I'm pretty proud of. Very good. Uh, coming back to Road America next week for the Cooler Grand Prix, in fact, uh, for June 22nd through the 24th at Road America, the Cooler Grand Prix, and you, the IndyCar series along with the Indy Lights uh, the series that you're with, uh, you got a little bit of swagger, maybe that hey, you, this is my track. You're you're kind of meeting. You're 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 driving against me on my turf. Does it does that help at all? Yes. Oh, it definitely it definitely does help. I always feel more confident heading into Road America, and uh, I feel a little bit more confident after we've had uh, a few more race weekends to to rub on this new car that we got. Um, after my primary car got destroyed at at St. Pete. You know, every car is supposedly supposed to be similar or the same. They're all made by Delara, but everyone knows that cars take some rubbing on and some working on to get them working better. So uh, my guys have been doing a lot of work in my car uh, quicker and quicker, and we uh, walked away from the Road America test earlier this past week uh, feeling really good about about my car. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the race. And uh, uh, Steve Welkin, uh, style of aesthetic, friends of the show, uh, have been helping you out. Uh, is is there a way that is can can they still help through style aesthetic to the help your uh, racing funding? Absolutely, absolutely. So you can go to styledaesthetic.com, uh, go to the drop down menu, and you're going to want to go to the styled garage, and that's called their their online store, the styled garage. Uh, and on there, you'll find uh, Aaron Tilos racing shirts, can koozies, hats, uh, you name it. So. Head on there. I think we've got a couple new shirts coming out uh, that might be some Bob Ross painting themed ones for Road America <laughs> this year. So look for those at the racetrack. If you're going to be at the racetrack, uh, come walk by the Indy Lights paddock and pick up a shirt. Talking with uh, Aaron Tielitz, Indy Lights driver on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. And uh, we were talking to Lawson Aschenbach, who is a Vanderbilt uh, graduate. And uh, you, you went to UW-Eau Claire. You got to tell me, what is geography information sciences? 
Yeah, geography information sciences. That's just that's just a big word. Um, it's basically everything geography, spatial information systems. You put it in there, so kind of like uh, demographics, that sort of thing. If you were going to plot out county land or residential land or those sort of things, it's all it's all that kind of information. And then it even goes further than that into like GPR, so ground penetrating radar. And there's all kinds of stuff that I've done with my uh, when I was going to school with my geography um, degree that I was pursuing. So it's um, it's a lot of fun, and I just I just enjoy doing it. Hard to hard to put it into perspective for somebody who's never heard of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mitch and I are a bunch of dummies, and we're just kind of looking at each other like going, "Huh?" <laughs> so that's okay, not a problem. Yeah. Hey, hey, Indianapolis, how frustrating was it to lose six gear? Because as far as I know, I I know about that 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 happened to Bobby Unzer when he was driving for P Team Penske when Rick Mears won his first uh, race there. Uh, first, his first Indy 500 to lose a, a high gear like that is very rare. Uh, how frustrating was that at, at Indy this year? Yeah, you know, it was. Uh, to be honest with you, it was super frustrating in the car. Like I, um, just for perspective, so it actually, in a way, felt more frustrating not having sixth gear than sitting out the first race at St. Pete because I crashed. Like there was almost. There's almost something more frustrating about it, about seeing everything that was happening and being in the race and then not being able to do anything about it. Like almost almost completely watching from the sidelines was less frustrating mm -hmm. than being in it and then not being able to do anything about it. Because basically you, you, you had to speed just to kind of hang with that first group, but you couldn't pass anybody because of that, correct? No, and that was and that's the that's the problem. You know, you, you need sixth gear to give you those extra you know, six, seven, eight miles an hour to, to make passes. When you when you don't have it, um, it's going to be nearly impossible to make passes just because of how the draft works and how you need to get runs on, on people. And um, I was basically running around the entire lap in what's called the soft limiter, so just before the engine gets into its hard, hard rev limit, I was just running around in, like, the, the very top of the of the RPM band. So that was that was all I could do, and all I could do was just, kind of hang out at the back of the pack and watch what looked to be an exciting race, I'm sure, for you guys. Uh, Road America next week, and uh, I asked Lawson this uh, just before. Are you a broad or a burger guy? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a burger guy. Okay. Nothing wrong with you. He was a brat guy, so we're, we're splitting it 50-50 here. Very good. There you go. And uh, what, 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 what do you put on your burger? Um, so when I make my own burgers, I like to do um, – uh, oh gosh, uh, Worcestershire sauce. Okay. That's what I. That's what I soak kind of the the beef in uh, first. Yep. And, and then, and then I'm a, I'm a guy that likes um, mayonnaise and ketchup mixed on my burger. That's my. That's kind of my go-to topping. Obviously, gotta have cheese, lettuce, right? Uh, tomato, onions, all that good stuff. All right. But yeah, I like I like mayonnaise as well on my burgers. Very good. Aaron Tealitz, Indy Lights driver from Bellardi Racing. How does one get a Bellardi Racing hat? Bloody racing hat. Those are harder to come by. So Steve at Style Aesthetic also makes those. Okay. Uh, but the Bellardi Auto Racing gear is mostly just handed out to the team members. So okay. Um, if you're lucky, you can maybe snag one off of them if they'll, uh, if they'll let you have it. I'll, I'm going to have to chum, me, uh, chum up to Brian one next weekend, aren't I? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
Aaron, we certainly appreciate you uh, being on the show once again and wish you all the, the best of luck uh, next week in Road America. All right, Aaron Tlitz, driver of the Bellardi Racing number nine Indy Lights car. Make sure you check them out uh, at the Kohler Grand Prix next week, June 22nd through the 24th. When we come back after the break, we'll be talking to Eddie Lapine, RacingNation.com. Find out what's latest at 24 Hour Le Mans. Yeah, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from RacingNation.com, it is Eddie Lapine. Fast Eddie, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Steve. How are you? Excellent, excellent. And, of course, uh, the big race of the year. Not Well, we got the it, – it, it's quite the international show here. We got World Cup on one TV here, and we got the 24 Hours of Le Mans happening. And uh, – that's a it's a big deal. It might not be as big in the United States as it is in the rest of the world, but I mean, there's still a lot of interest in the U.S. on that. And uh, of course, with a couple drivers in the race this year, uh, which I think is pretty impressive, especially for a rookie class. And that would be from Formula One, uh, Fernando Alonso from the McLaren team, and then also two-time Indy 500 winner uh, Juan Manuel Man- Juan Pablo Montoya. Yeah, I mean, it's really fabulous um, this year with these two additions. As we know, a few years ago, Nico Hulkenberg was a rookie, and he won from Formula One. So um, I think Toyota, as we posted on Racing Nation, me and Jack Webster, a story that it's Toyota's race to lose, basically. Um, they should, you know, they're dominating right now. They're up a few laps as we're about five hours into the race. And uh, it's getting a lot more exposure. Uh, Velocity Network is carrying it this year. The whole thing. I love it. They're carrying, I I mean, 24 hours. It's like when, uh, was it, I think Fox did that a couple, maybe 10 years ago where they were, no, it was the old Speed Channel. The old Speed Channel was carrying the whole thing. And I think that's pretty neat that they're doing that, isn't it? It is for people like me that, you know, I wish I I was there, but if you're not going to be there, um, to be able to have all this, I mean, you can watch everything. I mean, Tom Christensen, nine-time winner of Lamal, is on the TV broadcast, and you can go to Radio Lamal and listen to Mr. Hindenbaum, and uh, you, you can get it's like being there almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's that close, and and it's it is it's it's the biggest uh, racing two day attended event. I mean, three hundred thousand people there. Well, you know, and what what's nice about it is you can have it on the TV and a couple TVs in the house, and you can work around the house, get some stuff done, and and then if something kind of piques your interest, sit down, watch it for a few minutes or that, and get back to doing dishes or vacuuming or whatever you need to do. And so you're still having a productive weekend, but also watching a lot of racing. It doesn't get much better than that, right? It doesn't get any better. And I think, uh, you know, when this race comes down tomorrow morning, uh, when it finishes at 9 a.m. Eastern, um, it's going to be unbelievable GT race between, uh, I would say, Ford and Porsche. 
that's what it's looking like right now early on in the race so it, it is i mean porsche's 70th anniversary and they want to celebrate it with a win there they've run retro paint schemes for this year for lamar and uh ford you know has gone oh, back there with ford is, yeah ford, ford is ford is serious yeah. about winning at lamar again and uh, you know, judging with their history, you know, how they went after Ferrari in the 60s and that, and, and what they're doing with, again, with, uh, I guess, a the grandson, if you want to call it, of the old uh, Ford GT, uh, 40, it, it's pretty impressive what they've been able to do, hasn't it? Oh, it is. It is, definitely. I mean, the driver lineup is just, I mean, you know, Scott Dixon's there running with Chip and, and Ford, and he's in the car right now, and I mean, there's such a driver lineup. It's just oh, incredible, to- you know. Yeah, Sebastian Bourdais in there too, and uh, was Tony Kanan's also one of the drivers? Tony Kanan. I think we talked about that on the radio show that Ford wanted him back in the car for the race for the 24, and he's there. I mean, it's just incredible uh, that all these people converge for this this race, and it's, it is. It's a spectacle. And then you have the regular drivers in there, like Briscoe, and who else is in there? Uh, Briscoe, well, you have Dirk Mueller, who right. was leading earlier, and uh, Joey Hand, mm-hmm. another great American driver. Um, and then they add on their drivers for the 24-hour race, which, right. I mean, it, it's it's just very, very, I mean, what the manufacturers do to prepare for this, as the teams do, this is, uh, I was just looking at, Toyota for the P1 class, they they did two 30-hour tests to prepare for this. Well, because <laughs> judging after last year when they uh, had an issue on the last lap, I guess, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably better to, to go 30 hours and, than uh, 23.58 yeah, or whatever only, they did. You know, it only t- I mean, it can be just some little thing that could just go wrong, and I think in today's race, we're just seeing, you know, tires are going to be an issue. There's been some tire failures, um, and it's brought out a couple cautions. They had a pretty bad accident in the Porsche corner. Nobody's injured, but uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of, there is a lot of rookie drivers too this year, and I think uh, you're, you're just going to see that uh, they want to, they want to impress people. Right. They well, want to do something else. And it's, it, it's, you know, back in the sixties and seventies and you watched the movie Le Mans and all this, I mean, back then you, you kind of had to pace yourself. You, even when, uh, our friend David Hobbs was running in the seventies and eighties and, and into, into the early nineties, you were kind of, you, you know, the first three quarters of the race, you kind of pace yourself, put yourself in position because it was an endurance an endurance race. But nowadays with these cars being so sophisticated and the durability is so good. These guys are racing almost you know, almost at ten tenths from the beginning, aren't they? Oh yeah, the lap times reflect what they're doing right now. It's just incredible. If they're going to do that for a twenty-four hour pace, and and that's the GT cars too. I mean, they're flat out, um, and you know it's incredible what they've done with these cars to make them that way. All right, Definitely. well. What uh, I'll tell you what, we're talking with Eddie Lapine on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from RacingNation.com. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk about Lamar, maybe get some predictions, and uh, 
Uh, we'll go from there. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, we'll take a quick break here. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by David Hobbs Honda and Great Lakes Dragway. Back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. And coming up next, the Pella um, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on deck show. Should be a lot of brewers are on a roll, aren't they? Yes, they are. They're going for four straight wins overall now. I think, yeah, four straight. And of course, a big win last night over the Phillies 13 to 2 last night. Yeah, so uh, we'll get you caught up on that. Tim and Tim and Billy were down at Miller Park today as well. They just got, got back to the studio, so I'm sure we'll get a thorough recap of their uh, adventures down there Should this be morning in, in that clubhouse i'm sure is in great shape it was last night i was down there last night and it was, was it they're having a lot of fun huh? good time yeah um brent Suter with a couple of rbis at the plate last he night had, he was, i mean when you can do it on the mound and at the plate that's you're doing pretty well aren't well, right you? And, and he i don't know we couldn't really figure out if he was being serious or just his good deadpan delivery but he was asked about his offensive production and he said yeah, I'm really locked in right now. You know, I'm I'm really seeing the I'm a little late on the fastball, but I'm really seeing that off speed stuff low. And he was he was very uh, explicit in his uh, in his answer about his offensive production. He was well, it it you know and and Tim, I found it to be rather humorous. But Tim can kind of, can probably attest to this too, especially back in the '80s and '90s and that when with the National League and pitching. And when they would come up to the bat, there were some guys, they had no interest right. in hitting the ball. Yeah, no. And it seems like there's more pitchers. Are, that are just running to the bat rack to, yeah, to, and yeah, trying to grab just, their bat. Yeah, and, you know. Running to the batter's box. Yeah, you know, trying to make an effort. And they looked like they actually care and actually could probably hit hit a ball. Right. Yeah. And that's and Suter last, last night is one of those guys. Well, with all these analytics, you know, in the game nowadays, I'm sure that that uh, – there's some sort of benefit. Well, especially if you can put some contact you know, on the ball, and yeah. with all the shifts and that that are out there, I mean, if you if you work on that, well, Suter, I mean, he's hitting 222. Yeah. It's that's good for a pitcher. I oh, mean, he's better the ball than in that play and... starting shortstop that we have. Oh no, or, oh. or uh, the Mr. Nerd Power. Yes. Yikes. But more so, on that, more on that coming up soon. It should be a lot of fun. Make sure you tune in to the On Deck Show coming up next after the final inspection show. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from RacingNation.com, it is Eddie Lapine. Welcome back to the show, Eddie. Hey, guys. Uh, Lamal, just just finishing up on that. So it should be a Toyota race, but uh, who 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 else could uh, challenge them? Well, Rebellion, um, Neil Johnny and Andre Lauder, mm-hmm. uh, guys that raced for Porsche and Audi. Um, they've won it three times. I mean, they're definitely, you know, they're having some issues, but, the, you know, two laps, at Le Mans, being down two laps is nothing uh, in a 24-hour race. And so, you know, I mean, until I think until tomorrow morning, with about three hours to go, it'll start, you know, panning out to see, you know, the GT race. And I think I think the GT race could go down to the last lap, like last year. Yeah, so, with I mean, well, let, let's face it, the the competition on the GT side is is much much closer and what the ford uh wanted to point out too it's, it's kind of neat with with ford how they do it because you got a two-man or i mean a two-car uh a north american team that runs on the imza circuit and then you have the the the, the european team 
which runs on the endurance side in the FIA races in, in Europe and that. And then they come together at Le Mans for a four-car team. And that's where we have – that's why we have so many drivers like Dixon and Canon and Bourdais joining the team as well as normal drivers like Dirk Mueller and and uh, uh, Briscoe. So uh, in Porsche is, is – I mean, when you think of Le Mans, you think of Porsche – of course, going back, you know, in the early 60s, they were mostly on, on, the, on the smaller side. They weren't racing in the prototypes just yet. But when they started to race in the prototypes with those 908s and then later the 917s, that's really the history of Le Mans, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, you go back to the days, and then you go to the 80s when the Rothman Porsches dominated that era. And, you know, then the 962s came over to us and they used to run at road america um and you know those cars are what got me hooked into it uh definitely in the sports car the and sports the sounds too the sounds of all the cars yeah, back then i mean you look at the matros and the v12s back in the day and then those uh the the, the sound of a porsche you know it just it it, it it's just just one of those yeah. things that just kind of gets the blood going in uh racing isn't it you definitely can close your eyes and know, like, when the Corvette goes by yep. or the Ferrari goes by or, uh, you know, the Fords now, um, you know, and the same with the Porsches. I mean, they, they definitely have all different distinct sounds. And, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, let's face it. I mean, the people that buy these cars, um, that's why they're into it. Um, mm-hmm. And, that's what this race is all about worldwide. And that's why it's such a big stage because it, Porsche's market is just, I mean, their, their biggest market is the U S and this race is in France. Yep. And it, you know, I mean, this is what they want to, they want to win this one. Of course, the 24 hour Le Mans is on the velocity channel. So, uh, it's actually all racing on the velocity channel. Not a bunch of guys with tattoos wondering if their latest project will get done and at budget. So make sure you check them out. Uh, next week you'll be up, uh, back in Wisconsin for the Kohler Grand Prix, June 22nd through 24th at road America. Looking forward to that. Well, what's the, how, how many brats are you going to eat next week? Uh, none. Oh, uh, come on. I, I I might have to go over to Bella's Jerry's Pizza. Maybe okay. If, maybe we could get them as a sponsor or something, and we can maybe get a free meal over there. There we go. You know? But, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to lay low on that stuff okay. on this trip. But I'm definitely looking forward to coming to Road America. Always looking forward uh, Eddie, to coming Eddie, there. Eddie's still concerned about his go-kart weight, so that's good. You know, we got to, exactly. you know. Yeah, got to be exactly. quick in time. I don't want to move up to the super heavyweight class. Hey, Eddie, we got about a minute and a half here. Uh, let's do predictions real quick. Uh, tonight we got the truck race in Iowa. Give me a truck driver. Uh, Crafton. Matt Crafton. Okay. I am going to go with Give me a second here. Uh, how about the let's go with the uh, Xfinity tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> you're skipping that. Uh, I think the Xfinity. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Elliot Sadler. He hasn't won uh, a race in a while. I wasn't gonna go with Johnny Sauter. I did want to go with uh, with uh, with the chalk. I'm gonna go with Todd. That's right. No, I did pick uh, Todd Gilliland. I'm gonna go with John Hunter Nemechek for the uh, Xfinity side. And then uh, for t- tomorrow, it's Toyota. I'll go with uh, Alonzo. That's a no-brainer, right? He's the favorite by uh, far. 
Yeah, I think if we had to go out on a limb, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't see that. I think Toyota will be there at the end this year, definitely. Hey, I'd like to thank everybody for coming on. We had a lot of people on the final inspection show today. IndyCar driver Charlie Kimball, thanks a lot. Indy Lights driver uh, Aaron Tielitz, and, of course, uh, Pirelli World Challenge driver uh, Lawson Aschenbach, and then Eddie Lupine from Racing Nation. Thanks for all joining the show today, and we'll talk to you next week from Road America at the Kohler Grand Prix. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.